Welcome to Thrive Church Online. We are here to know God, to grow in Him, and go. We hope you feel encouraged and equipped through this week's message. I just wonder if God was going to set the rhythm of our life if it wouldn't sound something like that. Where God is just like, man, I think, I think you're living way too fast. So here's what a lot of people want to do. They live their fast life so fast that they have to medicate themselves through it. Um, there are people that have to live their life so fast that they don't go on vacations, they go on escapes. If you live a life that you have to escape from, you're living the wrong life. And I just wonder if maybe we're spending so much time trying to do and be everything that life called us to be that we forget to live the life that God called us to live. Do you know that Jesus never lived up to His potential? Jesus could have been everything to everybody all the time. He didn't didn't live up to His potential. He lived up to His calling. They're not the same thing. You've got the potential to do everything in this world. It'll just kill you. You've got 24 hours in a day. You can pack them out. But it doesn't mean that you're living a a God-called and a God-centered life. Let's take a look real quick. David said this. I love this scripture. He says in Psalms 27 verse 4, he said, One thing I've asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in His temple. He said this. He said, one thing I ask. They said, man, I got, I got one purpose. There's, there's one thing that I'm living my life for. I just, I, I want to live a life that stays in the presence of God. Go back to the, to, to the beginning of verse 4. He said this. He said, one thing I ask of the Lord. Just one thing. Just one thing I'm dwelling on. There's just this one thing. Here's the thing. This is a, this is a horrible quote, but I, I keep it on the forefront of my mind. Consistency isn't sexy. It works. No, consistency isn't sexy. Consistency is not flashy. It just works. Here's the thing. If if you want to grow your physical body, go to the gym. Go to the gym every day. It's not sexy. Go to the gym when you don't feel like it. Go to the gym when you don't work out well. Go to the gym when when you don't feel like it. But if you do it consistently enough, it's not not sexy. People aren't going to notice over time. But one day you're going to wake up, look in the mirror, and you're going to be like, hey... You know, it's kind of like this. Reading your Bible, prayer is not sexy. Like, what'd you do? I just spent some time with the Lord. People always want to ask me, how do I spend time with the Lord? And we're going to lean into that in another series. But, but man, it's not, it's not this mystical, candlelit, smoke-filled moment. Sometimes I just read and I'm like, God, I, I got a little something out of it maybe, but not... Every time I open my Bible is not the Shekinah glory of God, like this visible presence on paper, right? Sometimes it's just like, well, that's a, I mean, that's a good thought, Jesus. But the sum of that pursuit creates godliness. One prayer sometimes doesn't change much, but the sum of consistent prayer 
over and over and over again makes a good prayer life. I had somebody tell me one time, they said, I tried giving to the Lord once and I didn't get anything back, so I stopped. It's the sum of consistent work. Here's the thing, man, uh, uh, Michael didn't just pick up a guitar. I remember when Michael couldn't play, I lost Michael, when Michael hated to play a B chord. Yeah. But he just kept, he kept grinding on it, he kept working on it, he kept, and now he plays it in his sleep. Like he doesn't even, like, does that make sense? Like, the, the consistency isn't sexy, but consistency will get you where you're going. But here's the problem, if I ask you right now to define where you're going, do you know? Like if I said, hey, the one thing you seek, what is it? Matter of fact, if you look, Paul says this because I hate this. I hate, I don't really care for that. I about made that too strong. I think sometimes pastors snapshot one scripture and it doesn't show the consistency of the gospel or the consistency of the word of God. So Old Testament, David says, one thing I ask, one thing I seek is to be in your presence. That's a little summed up, but that's what he said. Then, then. Uh, Paul says this, uh, Philippians 3, 13 and 14, he said, Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. But one thing I do. He writes and he said, hey, look, you need to pay attention because there's there's one thing that I do. And I do it well. Paul said this, he he said, forgetting what lies behind and straining towards what lies ahead. For I press on towards the goal of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want to go back to the beginning of 13 because you've got to break this, you've got to break this scripture down to really know where we're at. He said, Brothers, uh, I do not consider that I've made it on my own. First of all, you, 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 you ain't got there by yourself. If you're trying to be a self-made man or woman, you, my friend, are not very intelligent. Nobody gets anywhere by themselves. The lone wolf mentality is a dead sick wolf. You, you can't get there. Here's what I love about church. Church calls to community. People go, man, I, I don't fit in. Well, try fitting in harder. You can't, you can't be a friend till you've been a friend. I had somebody go, man, I don't have any friends. How many people have you stuck your hand in front of today? Like, yes, we want to create a, a friendly, welcoming environment, but part of it's up to, you know, have you ever tried to talk to somebody who's not a talker? How you doing? Fine. Got any kids? Yeah. How many? Three. Boys, girls? Yeah. (laughs) How old are they? Three, eight, and eleven. Which ones? The kids. Good talking to you. Yep. You need community. You need community. Paul said this. He said, iron sharpens... Actually, it may not have been Paul. Iron sharpens iron, just like one man sharpens another. In, in Genesis, God looks at man being Adam and said, man, it's not good for you to be alone. Man was never created not to be in community. We we're made to be in community with God, but we we're made to be in community with other people. Make sense? So here's what happens is, is Paul writes this thing. He says, but one thing I do, and I go back to asking the same question, what are you called to? Like, what's the thing you're really called to be? 
What brings life into you? What brings hope into you? What brings what brings just this abundance that God created for you? Because here's the thing, it's not found in everything. You have to find what you're supposed to say yes to because your yes tells you all your no's. People that say yes to everything have an identity crisis. They don't know who they are. They have no idea who they are. And my question is this, is, is when you look at your calendar, when you look at your, at your schedule, are you busy or are you overwhelmed? When you look at your life, are you busy or are you overwhelmed? Jesus was, you can leave that up. Jesus was constantly about the Father's business, but He understood the one thing that He did. And what it did was once you find your one thing to say yes to, it tells you everything else to say no to. So if you go on into, into verse 13, it says this. He says, forgetting what lies behind. That's the tough part. Because generally what lies in our past is our hurt and our pain and our disappointment and our regret and our, our mistakes are found in our past. And I love what he says next. He said, straining forward. If you're going to move forward, you're going to have to work at it. So Paul said, the one thing I do is I work on the future and I leave the past in the past. Do you know how many people spend their lifetime trying to fix yesterday? You can't. Yesterday's written. It's done. It may have been great. It may have sucked. It may have ripped your heart out. Welcome to it. Now strain to move on. Strain to let go. Strain to... Does this make sense? It's not going to happen easy. But you have to be on mission living your life on and with a purpose. Because if not, you'll, you'll commit or not commit to everything. He goes on and he said this. He said, uh, in verse 14, he said, I press on. Well, shouldn't we just learn to press on? Man, this sucks. That's all right, press on. Things going great. It's all right, press on. Paul said, whether I bound or I boast, I've learned to be content. So whether things are going good or things are going bad, I've learned, I've learned just to be in the moment. Why? Because Paul said this, the one thing I do is I press on. I press on to the high calling. He said this, the goal, the goal for the prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. Here's what I believe. I believe that you have a call of God on your life. Man, Jesse did leaders meeting this morning. Crushed it. Did a great job. Was super nervous. Can I get an amen? Okay. If Jesse should have been the only one that amen. He's like, I was nervous. I could tell by his body language. But man, he did it. He pressed on. Because Jesse will tell you, man, he's a firefighter. He's all these things. But you know what he is? He's a guy who's trying to be everything that God called him to be. That's the one thing he does. That's why he, he, he trades shifts with everybody so he can attend you. He trades shifts so he can attend Sunday morning. I mean, he finally found a, a weekend he couldn't get somebody to trade with him last week, and he felt horrible about it. Why? Because he's like, man, the one thing I desire is to be in the house of God and to be used. I've never had Jesse tell me no to anything. I've asked him to do like, hey, can we... Can we do this on a Sunday, Saturday night at 11 o'clock? Yeah, man, I got you. Why? Because he's like, look, this is what I'm called to, and I have to press into it. So if you know your one thing, then you know how to move into it. Hebrews 11 or 12, 
uh, 1 through 2 says this, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely to us. I, I do want to just pause. He said, I lay uh, aside every weight and sin. You can be weighted down with something that is not sinful. You can be weighted down with something that's not a sin. It's just slowing you up. And he said this, which clings so closely to us, let us run with endurance. What is he saying? He said, man, let us run with consistency. It's not sexy, but it works. He said, the race that is set before us. Man, you're not called to be everybody else. When we, when we begin to take people through ordination, we have three very unique personalities in our ordination. We've got one JC. Yeah, buddy. I've never asked JC anything that hasn't got a smile and a, and a laugh behind it. Hey, JC, I need you for Yeah, buddy, I got it. <laughs> I'm there. Hey, bro, can we can we turn the drum up or down a little bit? Yeah, buddy, I got you, man. What you need? Hey, can can you make keys? Yeah, buddy, I, I'm leaving right now. I got you, man. I got right like like it's always doing. Um, uh, uh, but he's super passionate. Up and down, right or wrong, he's, I mean, he's always positive, but he's passionate. Um, uh, Liz is right down the gut, man. If you ever read her notes, that's exactly what she's going to preach. Jay Corbett, Jay is, is, is emotional, and Jay sometimes can cop you. Jay, Jay takes up an offer and tells you, put your hands against the wall, he pats you down. No, I'm just kidding. He's... And Jay's at work today. No, but but here's the thing. Jay, Jay is passionate and he's and he's and he's on his notes, but he doesn't mind going off of his notes. And right. So so it, when you look at all three of our presenters, they present and they preach different, but they all preach inside their own anointing and calling. Now, notice none of them preach like me. I don't want them to. God knows the church has one of me. We don't need two. we kill him. One of them. <laughs> Does this make sense? The church only needs one JC. It only needs one J. And I picked on Jay because he's not here, but I love Jay. Jay is a great communicator. Every time he preaches, people love it, man. You know what I'm saying? All three of our folks do well with that. Uh, we've got one Liz, but we don't need two. The world needs one of you operating inside your calling. And can you be confident to run the race that God set for you? Because if Liz is trying to run her race and is looking at JC and Jay, it's okay to look at JC. Um, then, then here's the thing: you know what? She's not looking for. She's not looking forward. If JC is too busy looking at Liz, and again, it's okay in some context, not enough. Then he's not looking forward. Same with Jay. You have to run your race. And here's the thing: everybody goes, "Well, they're better than me at this." No, they're just called to that part. I thank God for my heart, but I don't want to walk with it. I thank God for my brain, but I don't want to sit on it. Every part of the body is needed to do what it's supposed to do. Your family doesn't need you to be the dad down the street. They need you to be you. Your wife doesn't need another husband. She just needs you to step into what God really created you to be. Your husband doesn't need a different woman. What he needs is you to step into the role that God created you to be. 
And so I sit there and he, he goes on, he said, man, there's this race that's set before us. Look into Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, for who the joy was set before him who endured the cross, despising this shame as it's seated at the right hand of God. And so he, he goes on and he writes and he said, man, all this is to the glory of God. But here was my question. Uh, can I, I just, I'm in volunteer mode. Can I just get a volunteer real quick? Raise your hand. Macy, come up here. Hey, you were up here last week too, weren't you? Come on. I'm not slapping anything out of your hand today. Okay, so here's the reality. Your life has room for so much. That's it. And what happens is this. Actually, just hold up a handle if you will, just right out in front of you. So what happens is this, is every time, you may want to use two hands. Every time we make a decision, so... So here you are, you are single, and you decide that you're going to add somebody into your life. Well, what happens is you take on a little bit of weight. Manageable. But then that relationship grows, and the bucket of your time begins to fill. And let's say we get married. Still not bad, but being married is more weighty than being single or dating. Can I get an amen? Okay. Then you have... How many kids are we going to have? How many kids are you going to have? Not we, you, but two. two. Okay, so we're going to have two kids. That's not a big deal. Look, two kids is not a big deal. I say that because I have one. <laughs> but now what about those kids? You going to have a job while you have kids? Oh, yeah, we got to have a job. You know why? Because baby needs diapers. Wait, you got two kids, so we need two sets of diapers. So you got to work a little bit more. Not a big deal, right? Um. Kids going to play sports? Do stuff? Okay, they're going to do stuff. Yeah, yeah, because we don't want them to be not rounded. So we're going to... we got two kids. So we got two sets of practices to go to. Oh, uh, wait, but then we've got two sets of games we have to go to. Daddy needs a little loving. Oh, am I wrong? Okay, come on. You know the crazy thing about daddy's after he gets loving, what's he gonna want? Something to eat. But you, them little whiny kids you decided to have, they gonna want something to eat too. Are you hygienically on point? Okay, so at some point you're probably gonna want to take a shower. That takes time. Oh, and then now I got to do my devotional too? What's wrong? <laughs> yeah, you can set it down. Thank you so much. The point is, yeah, you can give a round of applause. I mean, all she did was hold a bucket, but thank you for... Let me ask you a question. When's, when's your life felt that way? Husbands, wives. Yeah, yeah and, then, and then what if what if I'm one of those people, I don't know, uh, like, like some of our younger folks, and I go to college? And then I serve at church. And then, and then the next thing you know, my bucket, and I'm not going to totally fill this up because I don't want to, vacuum sand anymore than we have to between services, but before long, the bucket is so hard, 
that I go, man, how long could you really carry this? And people go, man, I'm not what God called me to be. Yeah, because remember Paul writes and he says, hey, set aside every weight and sin. Because I haven't even started adding the sins that I do that then I've got to cover up and the weight of covering them up makes it heavy. And then all of a sudden, life feels more like a, a weight than it does. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life abundantly or overflowing. That doesn't feel like this. But what if I said this? Okay, here's what I'm called to. I am called to be a husband or a wife. And yes, I'm going to have two kids. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to take a shower. We are going to go to church. I'm going to love my spouse. I'm going to cook for them. I'm going to take a shower. Hmm. Well... My kids really need to play baseball. No, they don't. They can. But only if my bucket will support it. Because here's the, how many of y'all have ever taken your kid to a practice and yelled at them the whole way? Shoved a Pop-Tart in their face? Then while they were at practice, you yelled at their husband, at your husband or your wife? Well, that's, that's well-rounding. Then they cried because they got thrown out at first base because they run like they've got a parachute attached to their back. <laughs> you don't understand. My kid's good. Let's say that... Can we work off the... I don't think there's anything wrong with kids playing baseball or football or whatever. That's not, that's not the point. The point is parents are so interested in, in, and people are so interested in living well-rounded lives that their kids grow up and have a 50% divorce rate. And they don't have any faith journey. They go to college and they get in a woke culture and they fall away from God. But what have we won? What if we started with the end of mind? What kind of life do you really want to build? I want to be a good spouse. I want to be a good parent. I want to be a Christ follower. I want to make sure that the people in my house are, are discipled well. Well, what happens is, if you know the one thing that God called you to, this bucket is so much easier to carry than this bucket. Because once I know what has to go in the bucket, I know what doesn't need to go in the bucket. Hey, Mama called and she wants us to come over again. Love Mama. Mama gets a scoop. Mama just doesn't get half a bucket. Hey, I want to serve at church. Church doesn't get half a bucket. Hey, I love my kids. My kids don't get half a bucket. Some of y'all are afraid to say amen. Question. What did God create first? You, you have to make sure you're healthy. Then he created the marriage relationship. Then guess what's created? Kids. Now we have an order. Now I'm not saying neglect your children. Do not, mis, do not misquote me. But there's a difference between what your children need and what they want. 
I, we have a blue tit coon hound that lives in our house. His name is Moose. He's the worst child we've ever had. <laughs> no, he is. He's demanding. He's arrogant. He gets in bed with us every night, not because it's storming, but just because he thinks ours is more comfortable than his. And he doesn't like wiggle his way in. No, he plops his 100-pound butt on top of you and waits on you to move. The dog doesn't get 50% of this, of this. Does this make sense? When you decide the one thing that God's called you to do, you pick one by one what goes into your bucket. Hey God, the point of my life is to have a good marriage and good kids. Well, now you know what goes in the bucket. Hey, the kids are gone. Now I've got to redefine my bucket. Because your bucket's redefined as you go through life. Hey, you know what? Right now I need an $80,000 a year job because I've got a mortgage. Well, what happens when the mortgage is paid off? Do you still need $80,000? I mean, you know, the one that gives you an ulcer and keeps you up at night, do you really still need that? I'm, listen, I'm not against success. I'm all for it. If you can get a $200,000 a year job, just tithe off of it. I'm happy with it, right? But at what cost? Does it fit in the bucket? Well, you know what? Here's, here's the thing. You know what I want to do? One day, one day, I'm not married now, but I know that I would like to be married. Or maybe you're recently divorced and you know that one day you, need, you, you would like to have somebody else in your life. What if you pre-planned a spot in your bucket? Does this make any sense? Like, like one day I'm going to want a husband, so I might as well go ahead and leave a spot for him. One day I'm going to want a wife, so I need, to, I need to go ahead and begin to prepare in that space that they would have. Y'all ain't going to amen that. That's good. One day I would like to be debt-free, so I need to spend a little bit of time preparing for being debt-free. Like, like what, if, what if we lived our life with the space in our bucket for the things we really wanted in our bucket? I get people all the time give me amazing opportunities. And I say, no, you know why? Because it doesn't fit my bucket. What if you said this? God, when I leave here today, I'm going to take a week. And I'm going to figure out what's the one thing you've called me to. Like, like, and by one thing, I don't mean it's only one task. It's the one life you've been called to live. What does it look like? God, what do you want my finances to look like? What do you want my relationships to look like? What do you want my spiritual journey to look like? What do you want my, the, the extra space in my life to look like? What do, you want, what do you want from me? God, am I scheduling in time to be just me? Without my phone. I'm mildly addicted. I check out it. I've got a game where you take a ball and you bounce it into other things. And I try to win. And it dawned on me last night, I don't win anything. I just lose time. And what I thought was mindless is just an unnecessary weight that I'm carrying. What if this? What, what if you begin to live and construct your life backwards? God, here's what I feel like you want me to be. So now I know the things I have to do and put in my bucket to get there. If I've got space for extra stuff, fine. 
But if I don't, if you've got to yell at your kid to get them to baseball practice, how about just not play baseball? We'll go in the backyard and we'll all play baseball together. Hey, you know what? I want my kid, you know, I, I, I want my marriage to be well rounded. Well, how much time are you invested in your marriage? Hey, I want to get ready for a spouse. Well, how much time are you spending getting ready? How come pre-marriage counseling starts only after engagement? Can I be honest? That eight, that eight weeks probably ain't going to get you there. And nobody's going to say amen. I wish that we, we had not even real marriage counseling. I was, I was leading at the church we were at. We went over to the pastor's house. And he's like, so do y'all love each other? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, will y'all keep God first in your marriage? And we're like, yeah. I was 20. What? I didn't know anything. All right, well, I think y'all are going to make it, man. I can't wait to do your wedding. Thank you, Yoda. <laughs> so then as the weight of marriage begin to come in, because when every, every guy that's not really well counseled tries to be single and married at the same time, Try to do single dude stuff while you're married. Hey, I'm just going to go play softball with the boys. Hey, I'm just going to go hang out. It's, 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 it's football time in Tennessee. We're going to go watch the game. Hey, I'm just going to go work on a truck till 3 in the morning. Hey, I'm just going to go deer hunting for four months. I'll see you when we get done. This guy... So one day you figure out. My thing is this. If somebody would have said, hey man, you're 20. Where do you want to be when you're 60? Where do you want to be when you're 30? Where do you want to be when you're 25? Can you build that into your bucket and not let other stuff rob you from being that? Hey, how about you live a life where if the worst thing you ever do is run on the 6 o'clock news, you're not embarrassed by it. What if you live a life that says, man, this one thing I do. And I know what it is. So it tells me what to say yes to, but more importantly, it tells me what to say no to. And at the end of the day, I will stand before God and I will present Him the bucket of my life. I don't want to live up to all of my potential. I want to live up to all of my calling. God will give you the potential to do way more than what you're called to do because He loves you. And what He wants to know is, will you steward your gifts and talents well? Because if I do everything I'm called to do, then when I'm done, the Lord looks at me and goes, man, you stewarded your bucket well. So as we come to close, here's my question. Are you here and you feel a lot like Macy did with that bucket? Where you're just like, man, life just seems, life just seems heavy and hard, hard to keep up with. Like, I cannot imagine running 50 yards holding this bucket. Like, it would just, not on my to-do list. But if I set it down and I picked this bucket up, I mean, I'll go wherever you want me to. I mean, I can switch hands. I throw it over my back. It's like it's not even a big deal. 
I'm not going to say that, that even a well-managed life doesn't at times get heavy. That's why we Sabbath. That was just good. That wasn't even planned. So that we can look at where God... Because remember, we don't Sabbath as a reward from what we've done. We Sabbath looking to the future. Okay, God, now where do you want me to take this bucket next? See, that's the question God's asking you. Is man, you've got one life. Where do you want your bucket? Where do you want it to end up? What do you want to end up in it? And are you living a life that honors what really you want in your bucket? Are you putting the right things in? Are you letting everything in your bucket? And all it's doing is slowing you down in your race. We come to close. Let's pray. If you're here and you're like, man, and this isn't like a raise your hand moment. This is like a, you just know that God's talking to you this morning, right? This is like a, like a man, it, it, you know, is, it, am I not stewarding my life and my bucket well? You know, the amazing thing about a bucket is you can scoop sand into it and out of it. Not everybody's going to like the way you scoop. That's their problem. Father, for everybody who's here today and they're going, man, my life is just too full. It's too weighty. It's too heavy. I can't keep doing this. God, will you give them the courage to scoop some things out of their life? God, just to, to get rid of the unneeded weight. God, just as you said that, that we all need to cast off every weight and sin. Father, maybe it's a sin that they need to cast off that helps them run better. But God, will you let us be obedient to what you've called us to be? Maybe you're here today and you say you're watching online and you're like, Pastor, I'm not where I'm supposed to be with God. If that's you. We just slip your hand up. We just want to pray with you. Just, man, I want to give my life to Jesus this morning. Can we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, right now I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me right with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being part of our Thrive Tribe. If you want to partner with this ministry and what the Lord is doing here at Thrive, visit thrivechurchonline.com and click on the Give tab. Help us reach more people just like you by rating and subscribing to this podcast. You don't want to miss what's coming next.